when the Prince of Peace was hanging from his final tree, he looked down at the people looking up at him, and he saw faces of anger, envy, regret, despair, melancholy, animosity, hatred. He looked down on them, and he felt a lever thrown in the universe, and he knew nothing would ever be the same again. And he knew for certain, he finally knew, that there ain't no cure for love. The words of my favorite Jewish theologian, Leonard Cohen, as he introduced that song in Geneva in 1993. On Sunday night, being Fitzroy, we have a history of doing the gospel according to. So having done a radio show for many years where I took songs and weaved a sermon in between, I called myself a preach jockey instead of a disc jockey. We have now been doing that live where some of my congregation will sing the songs of different artists and I will weave the theology. We've done Dylan and Springsteen and Morrison and you too, and we did Leonard Cohen a number of years ago. So when Leonard Cohen passed away on Friday, I decided on Sunday that we would have a reflective service using the songs of Leonard Cohen to lead us into Scripture. And therefore, yes, we got to Hallelujah, the most famous of his spiritual songs. But we also looked at where the most famous quote comes from. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And we went back to that song or poem, Anthem. I do very little poetry, and I do very little cover versions when I do my poetry. But here is Anthem. The birds they sing at the break of day, start again, I heard them say. Don't dwell on what has passed away or what is yet to be. Ah, the wars, they will be fought again. The holy dove, she will be caught again. Bought and sold and bought again, the dove is never free. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. We asked for signs. The signs were sent. The birth betrayed, the marriage spent. Yeah, the widowhood of every government. Signs for all to see. I can't run no more with that lawless crowd while the killers in high places say their prayers out loud. But they've summoned, they've summoned up a thundercloud and they're going to hear from me. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. You can add up the parts, but you won't have the sum. You can strike up the march. There is no drum. Every heart, every heart to love will come. But like a refugee, ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. That's how the light gets in. That's how the light gets in. A crack in everything, it sounds to me like the theology of Paul 
all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Don't bring your perfect offering because this is about faith and grace, not by works so that no one can boast. From a Jewish theologian who had an incredible understanding and love for not only Christ, but Christ's cross. Are we living among the cracks? Is that where the fire is? Are we the light getting in? How does that work? Whatever it is, don't give me an analgesic soul wipe or a sanctimonious side swipe, but a sacramental hit when I'm just ripe. Burst the bubble of the fallen me. Not a dull, dumbed-down, drab drone or a monotonous mumble and mad moan, but a glorious song that I'm not alone. Love to fire what we all could be. Don't give, don't give me easy, empty, cheap cliches or weightless words to get blown away, but some substance of soul to fight the decay. Poetic imagination that redeems. Not a rut that we cut way back when, not the hurt of history again and again, but a done deal hope that grace can send, seeing visions and dreaming dreams. Oh, this can be a useless hobby, and I can be a sad time waster, or we could be interrupters of grace as radical, audacious dreamers. My radical, audacious dreams, my cracked world, my broken world is Belfast. And so I have to work out as a believer, how does what I believe about Jesus speak into that? Sharia this morning was talking about um, all the politics, surely God has something to say into that. And Northern Ireland has had lots of politics, but, and I know there's one or two of you in the house but we've been very slow and very poor at making contributions in it. There are many cracks, but the light's almost been hidden away with the light rather than shining in between the cracks. And so after 15 years as a university chaplain, where I was a great passive peace person, oh, that trouble in the streets is horrible and we need to love our enemies as well as our neighbors. After telling students that for 15 years, God dragged me out behind the gates of my hall of residence and put me in a congregation called Fitzroy, who won the Pax Christi Peace Prize back in 1999 for their relationship with a Catholic monastery on the Falls Road. For a person who comes from Balamina, the Bible Belt of maybe even the United Kingdom these days, it was difficult. Just before I got a phone call to ask me to consider being the ministry of Fitzroy, I met a colleague, a best friend from when I was eight years of age in the hospital. I was a chaplain and I said to him as he was visiting, I said, oh, when I get a phone call from churches, I, I wonder, do I want to go into hospitals and visit? And he said to me with a look in his eye, tell me, Steve, what churches telephone you? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm a little bit frightened just at the moment that Fitzroy might give me a phone call. And he said, ah, but you wouldn't go there because they talk to Catholics. Let's not go where the cracks are. Let's hide the light away. So I found myself not only in Clonard Monastery, but I got a, an invitation to go to the Sinn Féin 
Ardesh. Now, the Sinn Féin are the political wing of what was formerly the IRA, the terrorist group, and their Ardesh is their annual conference. And I get an invitation to go and, and to listen to a speech in Belfast by, by Jerry Adams. And I, I started to think about it, and I thought, well, the press will get hold of that, and I'll be on the radio, and, and maybe, as the, maybe as the camera scans around, I'll be the one on the news, and my family will reject me, and, and maybe. And so all these fears, genuine fears, came along, and I turned down the invitation to go along. And I read this the next morning in church. Should I go or not? If I do, I'm crucified. If I don't, my head is bowed for faith that's been denied. When all we do become symbols like the flags we love to fly, we live by political statements and the heart dies. And if your antichrist default stops me doing the Jesus thing, how heavy my heart tomorrow when I stand up to sing. Should I go or not? Fear of you holds me back. All the misinterpretations and the nighttime attacks. And these are not the reasons I build my life upon. Give in to ungraced prejudice and hope is gone. And if your antichrist default stops me doing the Jesus thing, how heavy my heart tomorrow when I stand up to sing. I came across Jesus on a cross carved into a Spanish beach. His luminous eyes pierced right through like nothing was out of his reach. So the next year, well, actually a few years down the road, I got another phone call. This time it wasn't to go to the Sinn Féin Ardèche. This time it was to speak at the Sinn Féin Ardèche. Wish I'd gone the first time, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> But at least when I got the second phone call and had written that poem, I knew that Jesus' eyes pierced through and nothing was out of reach. And I was going to that Ardesh. People said, but they'll manipulate you. People said, but they've got an agenda for you. And I said, you better believe I've got an agenda for them because I'm going where the fire is and I'm going where the cracks are and I'm not a political man. I'm a preacher and I'm going to share the light in between the cracks. But it was an interesting night because I realized that once you start to find the cracks and shine the light in or be the light in or as soon as you start to follow Christ and, and become flesh in the neighborhood, as soon as you find out where the fire is and start to engage with the fire, things become messy. And I had people leaving my house shaking hands and hugging me that really was quite messy because there was people who would be at least have been somewhat involved in some decisions that might have cost some of my congregation their lives or my community their lives. But I started to think about that Roman centurion, no faith have I seen in the whole of Israel, or that Samaritan woman by the well, or Zacchaeus coming down from the tree and I realized that if we're gonna be where the fire is, it's going to be messy. Between the bloody dark and grace's redeeming light, between the hate riled gloom and the rays of forgiveness bright, friendships can be messy. Between the blowing up and the pieces fixed on landing, between the bleak black funerals and the bridegroom standing, friendships can be messy. This is an awkward dance with partners disconcerting, the tender tentative steps with all our wounds still hurting. Take two up 
and then one back, move close to hold the seams, swirl in this suspicious space to soar in audacious dreams. We're back to those dreams again. And when you get involved in that kind of work, then things can happen in the news or things can happen in the street and suddenly you think all that effort we put in and we're back to where we started. And my good friend, Father Martin Miguel, who spoke at the Ardesh with me, who gave me the initial invite to go to that first Ardesh, he said to me at one point when we were feeling really quite depressed about the progress in Northern Ireland just about a year ago, he said, you know, Ignatius said, Steve, that you run the other way from all your doubt. And at a meeting, someone else said, what the country needs right now is the breath of hope. Breathe in, breathe out. Run the other way from all the doubt. Dark beats the light when we push others away. Light blinds the dark in a brand new day. We need a breath of hope in this dying place. In this valley of death, we need a kiss of grace. Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in. Let's search our souls and find we are forgiven. Being right so wrong. Confession is so wise. Wrongs can lead to right. From sacrifice we rise. We need a breath of hope in this dying place. In this valley of death, we need the kiss of grace. Will I be the dark? Will I be the death? Or will I be the kiss? Will I be the breath? of grace. And one of the most wonderful illustrations of that grace that we need in Northern Ireland to get over the history of our past was from an unlikely source for me, Queen Elizabeth II. I'm sorry, I know where I am and I need to be careful what I say. There's a bishop in the house. But, uh, but you know, lovely woman and my wife really likes to see what she's wearing and, and it's great that she, you know, smashes the champagne again. But really, political power, it wasn't something that I saw coming. But I would suggest that one of the historical moments in Irish history over the last few years was when she came to Dublin and she bowed at the Garden of Remembrance and she spoke in Irish when she went to that uh, amazing banquet. And when she came to Northern Ireland and shook the hands of Martin McGuinness, because you see, Queen Elizabeth II knows what it is to lose people. In Northern Ireland, people say, well, that's all very well, that love your enemy stuff, Steve, but I lost my brother, or I lost my cousin, or I lost my husband, or I lost my son. When you've lost somebody, it's different. Well, Queen Elizabeth II knows what it is. In 1979, when Lord Mountbatten was blown up just off the Irish coast, their hands shook. History felt the tremors, forgetting deep hurt where everyone remembers. And did memory stab the boat on the ocean as her courage broke through her heart's emotion? Their eyes connect like wires to detonate, blew up the past, raining fragments of hate. Did he see the loss in her smiling face and feel the forgiveness, the majesty of her grace? She spoke their language. She bowed her head, bent down on her knee to honor their dead. She marched right through the ancient palisades like the traditional walk, left the traditional walk to lead a brand new parade. Grace, light, hope into conflict situations. Where does it all 
come from? It's coming towards Advent, and I love Advent. I remember the first time I spoke on a Christmas Sunday service, I, th- I remember counting it up and saying, only 40, 42 more to go until I retire. <laughs> Baby Jesus, manger of straw, angels in the sky. How many times can I do this? And then I discovered the incredible theology of the incarnation that we hide away for a couple or three weeks in the year. And so when you sing a carol in the middle of July, people say, what are you doing? And I said, well, sometimes we mention the cross outside of Easter. (laughs) If we want the secret of world evangelism, if we want the secret of world mission, if we want to know how to get the world's population into a church in Reading, well, here is the answer. It's a baby in straw. Seems so gentle, doesn't it? Little baby in some lovely straw that probably wasn't that clean, but... And at that moment, when the baby landed in the straw in the manger, the earth shook, as Leonard Cohen would suggest, a lever. Nothing would ever be the same again. Heavenly meteorite hurtling, unseen but deeply felt, if never fully realized by those who'd never knelt. The tremors, they ripple across all time. The poets at last can find their rhyme. Heavenly meteorite hurtling. Heavenly meteorite hurtling. As usual, but all amiss. History stripped of how it was to how from now on it is. The radical revolution, all a shudder. Old ways surrendering to this brand new other. Heavenly meteorite hurtling. Heavenly meteorite hurtling, unnoticed but all askew. Thrones thrown out of kilter, the meek inherit what's new. The repercussions spin out forever. Imaginers threading peace back together. The heavenly meteorite hurtling. And as the baby lands in straw, God flesh on moves into your neighborhood, finds the place where the fire is. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. But that's for later in the afternoon. 